Chris and John are here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 64. Yes. And guys, disclaimer today, uh, outside of Ledger, which is the normal <laughs> disclaimer now. Um, Sounds like a little grimly. The disclaimer today is, as we were planning this episode, I kind of stopped Jonna and I was like, hey, um, the topic we're talking about, I don't feel like it's something that I want to want to necessarily uh, teach on from a place of, oh, well, just do this and things will be better for you. This is more of a, hey, let's just be real, explain to you kind of where I personally am at, where we are, and how mental health is impacting our marriage. And then the silver lining is in this episode, uh, we're going to dive into how we are combating this as a couple. Yeah. So what I think is important to note and just kind of interesting in general is how we've been conditioned to think about mental health issues. Um, I believe that although there's a lot of light being shown on mental health issues um, today, thanks thanks to, I, I would say this is one good thing about social media, is that people are sharing their stories and their experiences um, more than ever. But, um, but I think that um, it's still not as talked about in the male community. It's true. And so I think that it's important to know if you clicked on this because it says mental health and marriage, you may have assumed we would be talking about me because I'm a female. And I think just stereotypically, maybe because, well, I do think we are more emotional beings in general, but um, I just think that we are more likely to talk about it. And I think that in the male community, it still is looked upon um, as being weak sometimes. So first I just want to commend my husband for being willing to talk about this because, uh, he actually said before we started like, Hey, nobody's above mental health issues. And I don't think that's something that even a decade ago you would have believed or said. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, as, as a health professional, I know that it's a multifactorial issue, right? There's so many different things that could contribute to putting you in a in a darker place or in a place where you don't feel like you're yourself. And for me personally, I've done I've I had in the past always done a very good job, you know, physically taking care of myself. Uh, emotionally, I was so selfish that I was easily taking care of myself, uh, and I never really like struggled horribly when. I would get down on myself or things would happen, I would bounce back. And I just think right now, if you want to talk about the major things that are contributing to just me not being me, me not being my my bold, my my bold and positive uh, the, oops, person who turns their phone off during the show. No, um, me, me not being my, my bold, positive, um, best version of me. I just feel like I am, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Sorry. <laughs> well, you were talking about reasons. You said there's a lot off. of, a lot of reasons why somebody may fall into a depression. Yes, you're right. Sorry. I started to lose myself there. So for me, 
is stress. It is it is an abundant amount of stress. It is the uncertainty of the future. Yes, coronavirus and all those things. Oh, I said the whole thing there. Um, coronavirus and the economy and all the things that are happening. I have not protected myself from the the division and the hatred happening on social media. I have not. I have not. Um, you know, gone the other direction like I usually would from a nutritional perspective of like taking care of my body in the best possible way. Uh, I have not, I have not been respecting the fundamentals that I teach. How about that? Right. So, and now over the past few weeks, I've had to take a dose of my own medicine. And frankly, I am right now taking a dose of my own medicine is making me realize how mental health in and of itself is it's a fight. It's a battle. It's a daily grind and it's a daily battle. Um, and so, like I said, at the end, we're going to get into some of the steps I'm fighting in the way I'm fighting with my energy and my body. But I think right now it's important to talk about just the impacts having on our marriage, on our home life, all those things. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to note, like it, it's a slow fade, like everything else. I think each thing that you're referencing, um, not everybody might know that this could be causing depression or mental health issues. So if you want to, can we just reverse a little bit here and talk about some of the main factors that contribute to somebody feeling this way Yeah. Um, as you're trying to identify them. But like, I know you're not like in super teacher mood right now, but I think sometimes we talk <laughs> about things that we think are common knowledge and not everybody, not everybody listening might know. Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned earlier something that I believe is um, a huge contributor is your childhood. And we've talked about this in some fashion in a lot of episodes, but how you were conditioned to deal with things like stress and anxiety and emotions. Um, and if you dealt with things like trauma type things, because I think a majority of people experience some form of trauma in their young child and adolescent years. So how you dealt with those affects you up till today. Um, what else? Nutrition. Yeah. I mean, people like, just give me some quick examples of like foods yeah, that quick, people might not know affect examples. your, I'll try to try to perk myself up, it up. So yeah, sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, huge fundamentals of just the human body, the mental, physical, emotional, um, relational, spiritual, like all of those things play a major part in how we function in general. And I think John nailed it initially. It's like, well, you first have to know how are you conditioned to handle these things when, when things come up and you're not feeling your best and you're feeling like you're, you're falling into a place that is, that is, you know, just not you, right? You're not showing up even close to the version of you from, you know, family, from your health, from your, your friendships, your relationships, whatever, all that stuff. When, when we're not showing up and we're not doing those things, those are telltale signs that things are going backwards. And so we have to ask ourselves, how did we handle those things growing up? How did we see the people that went through those things handle those things? How did our parents you know, handle those things? Right. How, how healthy of a relationship uh, do we have with adversity from a mental health perspective? I think that's especially telling for what we were talking about, you being a male and men speaking out. I think our parents' generation still very largely uh, suppressed men's 
feelings and boys emotions and like you know like girls cry like and when they cry it's because they're crazy and you know that kind of mentality of um not really nurturing and allowing boys and men to express themselves in in ways that really honestly human beings need to yeah so that's a perfect way to kind of tee up how it's impacting our marriage so my go-to everybody has their ways of coping and my go-to coping mechanism initially is isolation isolate myself even though i'm in a family of of four kids and then jonna here at home i still isolate myself socially so i'm 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 very weak when it comes to you know physical touch and or or even like even like kissing during the day and stuff like that I'm very closed off whenever I all am affection stressed. turns off. You yeah. very much so go into your own shell, yes. your own, which is a classic sign of depression. You retract, you you pull yourself away from things you normally I like do. and from people who care about you. And it definitely, I mean, I don't even have to say this, it affects our marriage. The yes. last week or so, I think it's been about a week now ago that you randomly apologized to me as we were going to bed one night you're like hey thanks for dealing with this i'm sorry and like while i'm like i want of course i'm dealing with it like i'm your wife but it still sucks for the spouse who who very much so needs that affection and um Mm -hmm. and attention and presence with the kids and stuff like it definitely in one way, like that, that's one way that it affects our marriage, the mental health thing, because yeah, um, you retract. That's your default go-to, which I would imagine that means your dad probably did something similar. Um, I guess I don't really remember. Right. Um, but but what I, since it's your default, I, I would I would imagine. assume I would assume that that that's probably how my how my parents handled it. Yeah. Um, was yes, just to kind of like curl up. I mean, I. I think maybe it's just ingrained in me as an entrepreneur. I feel like I can solve my problems. I'm good at solving other people's problems. I, I also come up with very practical solutions to solve my own problems. Uh, and I think that for so long, I had this burden on me that I had to take care of everything on my own. And then when I started really giving things to God and relying on him is when things definitely opened up. But that was a struggle for me and that was hard for me. And I think when I fall into depression, um, I personally go into almost this like it's just me and God trying to work this out together, which is healthier than trying to do it on my own. But I still leave you out of the picture. And to be honest, I think that that is one of the major contributors to it continuing for me is not talking things out. And then the other element of it that maybe a lot of people would understand is when you're trying to have the conversations with your kid, with your wife, and then your kids are just absolutely tripping, flipping out, like it's almost like you look up at you look up at the sky and you're like, God, like why why can't you just give us a moment of relief to work this out right now? Why can't why can't you just allow us to have a conversation for more than ten seconds without the kids walking in the room? Then then there's this almost like this everything's been boiling up, you know, and then the kids have a meltdown and then you just want to blow up and freak out on them because you're releasing everything all at once. I think I've done a good job of not doing that lately. I've almost done it a few times, but I just think 
Well, they it's a very huge compound effect. They sense they sense us when we're off. I mean, how could they not? I really believe in energy. And I mean, I'm an empath. I am such an empath. So I feel people's energy. So when you're down, it takes everything in me not to to channel and feel that energy. And I think the kids are even better at recognizing our stress and our emotions and stuff. Um, So I believe that's why. A lot of kids, especially ours, act out more and need, need are more needy when we're very obviously not in the mood to be um, when we're not being our best. So, yes, and it's super hard be- because they're all acting out at the same time. They're they're all competing for our attention. They're all at the incredibly unreasonable, ridiculous, insane stage, and then Ledger feels the same. Uh, the same energy and it's just a cluster it's a cluster and you're just like why can't we just have some semblance of peace and clarity to sit here and think and work this out and it's almost like it's almost like every practical application that I would coach somebody through goes out the window which I think is why it's good for us to be talking about this right now because I think you said it earlier maybe you said it right before recording um, it's easy to have a podcast and get on here. And when you're feeling good, be like, yeah, when I was depressed or when I didn't feel good, when I was going through this, this is what I did to get better. Because when you're not in the trenches of that feeling, it's, it's kind of easy to minimize just how hard it was. So is yes. Like, I feel like that's the same with like, even with a lot of things like pregnancy, it's like the last few months I'm just like dying and I'm like, I don't know how I ever do this again. And then just like, Two months later, like, I mean, I guess it wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah, I can remember being tired, but I guess like I could do it again. It's like a trick. Yes. Well, you are exactly right. I feel like we discredit, we discredit people when we are removed from their situation. Um, We, we, we don't realize how hard it actually is. Like sometimes just to be honest and, and honestly, look, no judgment, but the only people that are going to understand this are people in the exact same situation me and John are in, which are very freaking few because people, not many people are entrepreneurs doing what we're doing and living this crazy, ridiculous life that feels like such a bad idea sometimes. Um, (laughs) But, but honestly, when it comes to financial stress, you know, um, outside family stress and then internal family stress and and in spiritual warfare because you feel like you're 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 doing um you know kingdom-minded work for god and stuff like that when all of these things come down on you uh it feels impossible kind of one of those like just fall to your knees put your hands in your head like how in the world and there have just been so many times like that just as a parent having kids as young as they are and as hard as they are and stuff. And yes, there are practical applications and ways that we can solve these problems. And usually when I'm in a great mood, you know, John will be maybe having a breakdown or something. I'll come in and I'll like assess a situation. I'll go, okay, cool. What's the biggest problem? She's dealing with this. We have to separate her from the kids. Let's figure this out. New system, do this and that and the other. But it's just so funny because again, you take, you take a little bit of your own medicine and you're just like, shut up. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I was having an issue the other day and John was giving me advice and I realized I, I felt pride. I felt pride. Like I didn't want to hear what she had to say, but it was good advice. But like, I was just down. I wanted to mope. And I think we've said it before. There's trash dumping and toolboxing, right? I'm a toolboxer by nature, which can be, which can be really annoying to people. I don't realize it until people are toolboxing me, which is highly hypocritical. <laughs> but I'll just be honest. And then there's trash dumping, which is what I was doing. Uh, and you were trying to toolbox me and 
we didn't communicate and I I feel pride. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. I'm just to know that now. Uh, no. I'm just being real. I know. You know? No, I think I think that's good. But then there's times where you know, like right now, you can obviously hear by the tone in my voice, I'm not nearly as down as Chris at this moment because I feel like I feel a duty to try to balance this out. I can't, I can't take on, and I don't do this well all the time. There's days where we both just sit down and basically fall apart, but, but I'm, I can't, if I can be aware of it, I'm trying not to take on your negative energy because I'm trying to balance this out and, and keep us afloat. I mean, that doesn't happen though, without consistent prayer for us. Like there's no practical step here that can change how we're feeling in the situation. we're in. I mean, anybody listening to this, especially in the year 2020 could probably nod their head with having just overwhelming stress and uncertainty and change and scares. And I mean, it's just, this has been hands down the most ridiculous, hate filled, divided, uncertain, confusing, strange year ever. Like literally for us, the only ledger is our 2020 blessing that made this year (laughs) anything worth it. But anyways, um, what I'm saying is where was I going with that? Oh, just prayer. Like the other day, Chris, you were feeling like this and you didn't feel like praying. Like you didn't feel like mm-hmm. doing that, but like we, we did, we just got on our knees and just prayed. And literally what the next day, some stuff that we were praying about turned around for us, like yeah. just yeah, instant. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that if anything, like what, what the devil wants is he wants me to isolate myself from Jana. And from whatever wisdom is coming through her. And he wants me to isolate myself from other people. And he wants me to think because I felt this way. I felt lately that we have such a drama filled life with, you know, just all of the crazy things and the uncertainty and the risks we've taken and all that stuff and financial ups and downs and all that, that like, I almost feel like what's been put in my head is like, dude, your friends are going to be like, we did not sign up for this drama after Um. a while. I've, you know? I've felt that too. I felt which that might happen. Hey, yeah. I don't know, but guys, but, don't leave. Uh, right. But truly we're just in a crazy season right now. And well, we what know you, it's what not you mean by that forever, but it's just so hard. What you mean by that is that we're constantly relying on our friends to just pray for, for us. Yeah. And like, they've very clearly told us like, guys, we don't care to pray for you, but they show up for us in so many more ways than this. Yes. And they're, and they're so emotionally invested in yeah, us. But it's hard because... They see the behind the scenes that is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because pridefully, we don't want to look foolish. We don't want to look weak. We don't want to look um, bad at all. Yeah. But I think we've been going through a very serious refining process during all of this. And, and maybe that's the whole goal here is that we need to stop caring how we look as long as we know we're doing the right things, um, which, which is ironic since we just did those episodes on fitting in. Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. nobody wants to look foolish. Right. Um, but anyways, so where, 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 where are we at here? Well, I just think, again, I want to reiterate that this is something that is, that is, highly relevant to a lot of people. And that's like, 
do you guys understand? I don't want to get on here and talk about this right now. <laughs> I don't. Nobody wants to show weakness, especially a leader, a coach. Wants no one wants to show weakness. But the truth is, in my experience, truthfully, um, is what I know to be true is that I don't know. You you can't really trust a leader without a limp. Without you can't trust a leader that doesn't admit that they. That, that they haven't had a limp, that they hadn't, that, that they haven't been injured or been where you've been or, or, or struggled in the areas you've struggled in because it's so real when you're going through it. But then when you're, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's unrealistic to think that just because somebody is a doctor or a therapist or a counselor or a life coach or a fitness coach or a personal that trainer life is perfect or any of these things. Yeah. That they don't also struggle with the things that they're teaching. And honestly to teach something and teach it well, I think you have to almost, I mean, I think you have to go through the thing so you can not just hear somebody, but, but can sympathize or empathize with mm -hmm. them. And, um, I think that that is what makes a really good coach actually yeah. is, is understanding the struggles and not just saying, Hey, just suck it up. I mean, think about, think about right. in the fitness industry, Chris, there are, you know, obviously because Chris has been a fitness coach for 11 years, he's seen a lot of stuff and there's, th there's a, probably a young, what, 20, early 20 something with a six pack in this fitness group. It's just like, just, just do it. Just eat the good stuff and exercise all the time. And then, the then day. you have a perfect you body. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's what I'm saying. Like so many of them who don't get it yet yes. think that you can, it's all about willpower. And you used to think that everything, not just fitness, but everything right. you do is just, just willpower, like yes. stop being emotional and just suck it up. But we, you have learned, we've oh, learned like so much there's so good. much more to mental health than just an, an emotion and a, and a willpower It's actually, yeah actual science chemicals in your brain not chemicals well yeah chem chemicals mm -hmm. what are they called neurotransmitters not chemicals okay look at you and your big words i'm learning chris you're doing your thing i'm learning yeah 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 well i you're right you're right and i think with experience a lot of those lessons have come for me i think with kids those things have come for me i now i now, I now look at i look at trainers who are trying to help people um, who have kids um, with the same general understanding that a nanny has who has no kids of how kids work. It's like, dude, you're not waking up with that kid. You're not, you're not responsible for paying for that kid. You're not, you're not there day to day to day. You might be there for six, seven, eight hours or whatever, but it's just so funny because there's so much behind taking the busiest, most crazy season of your life and trying to fit in your health. And so it's actually a perfect way to kind of, segue into what I'm doing right now. So yes, I may not sound like I'm feeling great myself. And the truth is I'm not, but I want to be clear this this is this is a daily grind and a daily battle. And if I ask myself what's gotten me to this place, it's that I let stress get a hold of me and I let it control me and I let my mind take over and I and honestly guys the reason I am where I'm at is because I stopped respecting the things I was teaching for a short period of time and, and it got away from me and it made me feel like a hypocrite and an imposter and it affected my business and my ability to be able to 
run my business because I was like, well, I'm teaching these things. I have to be perfect on these things, but I couldn't manage what I was managing with all the kids and all these things. And I always trying to solve my own problems. And so I say all of that to say is that right now I have realized I'm backsliding fast. And Garrett J. White says it best. He says, if the king and the queen aren't happy, the kingdom is not in order. And our girls feel it, and Jonna feels it, and I feel it, and the business feels it, and just everything is sliding backwards fast. And I'm feeling and I'm noticing it. And it's not work harder, Chris, go work faster, go be more aggressive, go all those things. It's take care of your spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional health. And that's what I've started doing. So I want to share with you guys kind of what I'm doing right now um, that is that is helping me kind of take swings at this, okay? Be- because I've never quite felt this way before. Um, and so one is this, okay? I ask myself, when I was feeling my very best, what were the things that were consistent in my life? And the things that were consistent in my life from a physical perspective was that I was waking up early. And after I, like, literally, guys, I was, like, so disciplined, waking up at 3.45 in the morning when I ran my own gym, and, like, I had a very specific routine and in the same journal every day. I literally made shakes for my clients at the exact same time. I mean, I was a literal robot, and I did well like that. And so when I shut the business down, I was like, I don't have to wake up at 3.45 anymore. And, you know, I was waking up at six or seven or whatever, which some of you, you might be like, well, that's still early. But for me, it was a problem. So anyway, the whole point is now I realize, okay, the reason it's not about how early I wake up. What is important is that I'm not waking up on defense. I'm waking up on offense. And so biggest thing is rather than start this thing on my own, I brought John along immediately. And I was like, babe, we've got to start waking up on offense again. If you go back to the beginning of our show, we, we talked about this. Yeah, I mean, back then we were waking right. up three or four o'clock was more yeah. common. And now I'm like, how did I ever do that? But <laughs> right. of course we have a new baby. But from the mom side of things, from my side of things, that for me is when I feel my best too. When yes. And for the last two and a half months since our baby has been born, probably a little bit longer actually because I was miserably tired at the end of my pregnancy, I've been waking up on the defense trying to milk every last bit of sleep I could and letting the kids wake me up. But the thing is they don't wake up like quiet little precious angels no. who want to help me ease into my day and start it well. They wake up Emotional like a disasters. football team coming. Yeah, like I'm I'm going to get tackled. They come demanding and asking for things and, and ready crying for no reason. Whining and just like fighting, fighting already. Yeah. yeah. And like I'm sorry, but when you're already not getting a great amount of sleep cuz you have little kids, that's not a good way to wake up. So what I had to remind myself was how much better like chris said when when have i felt my best i'm at my best when i have time in the morning first to whatever that looks like there's been times where chris and i have gotten up and worked there's been times where i've gotten up and just done like my prayer journaling and my devotionals or just listening to a podcast uh for a while chris and i were getting up and reading together a couple times a week which was great Mm -hmm. and no matter what it was this one thing was consistent i was not getting up on the defense i was having time in the morning to ease into the day and start it off well because the chaos is going to happen once the kids are awake. Yes. No matter how well behaved they are, they're oh, little dude. and they are needy. So Yes, it's so hard. So 
So yeah, that's exactly right. And so I brought John along on this. I was like, look, we're going right now. We, we, we keep implementing this Monday mentality. Like, okay, we'll start Monday. We'll start Monday. And we, and we haven't done it. And it, frankly, it's been very average and very not like us. And, and that's a problem. And that's something that gets a hold of us. And especially someone like me, you know, just, just being just full transparency, right? I teach this stuff and I wasn't doing what I was teaching for a short period of time. And I felt it and I felt it. I was like, what is happening to me? Right. And so simply put, right. A big piece of the puzzle is stop waking up on defense. And so I've been waking up on offense. And so, um, and so as of late, um, I have been starting my morning at 5 a.m. And I was like, look, what are the most important elements of, of, of my mental health for me and how I cope? Right. And it's my spiritual life. And it's just really getting back a hold of my mind. It's like, what are the biggest problems right now with my mindset? What are those limiting beliefs that I have to kill? And so like one, what are sermons and scripture saying about that? And two, what can I do from a mindset perspective? So I've been getting up at five, been pitch black, I've been going outside, putting on warm clothes, doesn't matter the elements, rain, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm doing it no matter what. I'm taking a little bit of a walk in the morning. And then lately I've just been like, you know what, I'm just going to run, right? I'm just going to run and run a mile or so, uh, and then uh, wrap back around, come inside, and then over the next hour, I'm not trying to kill myself. There's just too much going on for me right now. There's just too much stress, too much everything, uh, and there's a lot of hormonal effects to that, and so I'm I'm working out. I'm getting a workout in. I'm getting a feel-good workout in. I'm not destroying myself. I want to be very clear with that because that's something I teach my clients as well. Like We've got to understand, you know, 10 squats doesn't know how many kids you have or what stress you're under. Uh, and so I'm getting that movement in. And then uh, and then I am I am going upstairs, taking a shower, just kind of getting ready for the day and then sending Jonna off on her walk. And then by the time the girls wake up at seven lately, um, I have an hour with them before I'm going to start work. And the last two hours, I've spent time spiritually. I've spent time, you know, just working on my limiting beliefs and what's happening with me right now. Uh, and I've moved my body. I've physically taken care of those things that I teach. And that's how I'm fighting this. Now, to be clear, it's two or three in the afternoon, right? I did all that this morning, right? I've been consistent with it. I'm staying consistent with it no matter what. It's still a battle, but I know that what I'm doing in the morning is building evidence that I'm crawling out of this. And that's why I want to share that. Well, it's not an instant fix anyways no. like it, it was a slow fade to get to where you are and so it's not just it well it feels good in the moment it's not going right. to fix we still have the struggles that we're facing that are very right much one so more thing real. i want to say about that is that for me or for some of you that might be a really aggressive approach i wouldn't recommend you take that aggressive approach i've been there before for a very long period of time so it's not a very big shock to me well, that's what I was going to say. My, I'm not getting up doing what Chris is doing right now. I've been getting up at 6.30 because I still, you know, I'm not getting as good of sleep. Uh, Ledger sleeps pretty good, but the kids still collectively, I get woken up at least twice a night probably. Mm -hmm. um, so five is still too early for me at this stage as I'm still healing and everything. So I'm getting up at 6.30 and I'm just going and taking a walk and having my coffee and listening to a sermon or a podcast. Um in the morning. So like we're easing me into a routine again. I'm not hitting a crazy hard workout or anything. Um, nothing, 
nothing crazy today we actually added on so i've done what i've done my walk however many days in a row and then today we added on extra hour for working on the podcast yeah so it's 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 amazing how much better i feel doing those things but yeah it's still the stress of our chaotic season is still affecting both of us yeah and the biggest thing is asking questions like what i've been doing to myself lately is i've just been coaching myself like what would Chris say to Chris? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because I I am a good coach. I'm good at helping people find solutions. I'm helping myself find these so- solutions. And what it's come down to, like I said, is what was I doing when I felt my best? Um, and then ultimately, what do I have control of and what do I not? I don't have control of what happens after the kids wake up and, um, and before the kids fall asleep. But I do have control when the kids are asleep in the morning and when the kids are asleep at night. And those are the things I'm taking advantage of at night. I am, I am uh, literally planning out my next day, making sure I kind of know where I'm headed with everything. I've even been a little nerdy and doing some like chamomile tea before bed, just to kind of like so get myself, your blue light, get glasses, myself sleeping. Yeah, nightly blue, brain down. Those glasses, things really are so helpful. Those things have a massive effect, guys. Like that's really stuff do. that people have coached with me and I've been like, Hey, do this. And they're like, Holy, what is this crap? And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to hear about that. Cause it's not a recurring pill. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, right. Oh, you made me lose my thought. Hold Sorry. on. I know I had something. I had something. Oh, well, let's say, so if you don't know how to coach yourself, something else you can do is just start asking questions about what you're, what you're doing. What are you putting into your body on a daily basis? Um, you know, Chris being in the fitness industry so long, I feel like him and I have a pretty good grip on food and stuff, but honestly, some of the stuff we've uncovered recently. So for instance, the other night I went to grab a diet Coke at my parents' house. They always have diet Coke. I like diet Coke. I knew it was bad for you, but I didn't really know why Chris was like, don't drink that. I was like, and I was annoyed. My pride, my pride at first wanted to say like, forget but, you, dude. Like the reason I but even yes, said that. That's why I'm bringing this up. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. The reason you said it is because you wanted both of us the to The reason start. I said it is because so like so many times lately, we've even put out stuff on Facebook and say, hey, we're going to run a training on how to hit a reset. Because we hit it so many times with right. all the other kids. We haven't been able to do it. We've been discouraged. Well, we keep hitting the reset, but we don't, right? we've not been able to stay Exactly. Consistent. So like this is, this is a different dynamic with four now and the stages they're in and the stress we're under. And so, yeah, we've just been like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I know a a weakness of Jana's that we've talked about in the past is the Monday mentality. It's something that she was conditioned to. Yeah, I was like, oh, we haven't um, started our new plan right, yet. So right. I'm and just so going to have I was like, no, Coke. Like, let's just, please, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but let's, trust me, let's just not do this right now. But so you might be like, okay, what is what in the world is the big deal about a Diet Coke? Like, calm down. So I needed to look into that for myself. So the reason I'm saying this is I want you to start asking questions and I want you to start looking into what it is you're actually putting into your body. I knew conceptually and eh, pop in general is not great for you. Everybody's like, I hear people say diet pops worse and I never really cared to look into why. Holy moly. I started digging and you have to dig because let's just be real. Something that we're learning real quick here is Companies who have a lot of money can pay for studies pay to for studies be in their favor, in their favor, manipulated in their favor in certain ways. And so, how did uh, doctors come up with uh, 
uh, smoking camel cigarettes. cigarettes back in the 60s, right? Right. That's literally like in my mom's like nursing books from back in the day saying that like smoking's good for you. Right. But that's why, oh, don't get me started. There's a whole lot of things going on right now that no, I know. you should look into. Um, but I needed to figure out for myself what is so bad about this because Chris is like, oh, it's going to alter your mood. I'm like, I never feel different after I drink a Diet Coke. Like, I mean, yeah, whatever. Maybe it bloats me. I don't know. But I started digging into it and stuff I was finding out is it does. It can affect your dopamine and your, you know, your happy. Um, your serotonin. Your serotonin. Your all this stuff. Um, a fake effect of food that's supposed to be digested, which throws all the other processes in your body. It, for it, a it messes up your hormones, basically. Oh, it messes up your hormones and yeah. it tricks you into eating more and i'm like that does make sense because i feel like anytime i've had one i want like i can like go in on a bag of chips with a diet coke (laughs) so anyways all that to say i looked into that for myself i started asking questions like okay somebody can tell you it's bad but if it doesn't give you an instant feeling of bad it's easy to kind of just blow it off because you can't see what's going on with your hormones in the moment um And same with food there's so many different foods out there especially processed foods that literally mess with your hormones Mm -hmm. and cause you to have depression and anxiety. I'll talk about this really quick. So, so again, asking myself questions. Now I have a knowledge base that maybe other people don't have, but you have your expertise and I have mine. Right. So one thing I realized, I was like, okay, like I'm feeling depression. I'm feeling issues, right? So from a happy hormones and chemicals, neurotransmitters and things like that in my body, what can I do uh, to, to hack those? And I'm like, okay, well, my, my brain needs healthy fat, right? So I'm starting my day with about five eggs and spinach and blueberries. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to focus very simply. I'm not counting anything, guys. I'm trying to focus very simply on healthy fats. I'm trying to focus on moderate protein because you have to have enough protein. Otherwise your hormones won't do what they're supposed to. Uh, and then fiber because it's very easy to eat a very high fat diet and then, and then neglect fiber. And I'm not doing keto. I'm not counting macros. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just being smart with what I know. Avoiding processed exactly. stuff and sugar. and Exactly. So, so now it was her birthday the other day and yesterday, uh, happy late birthday, babe. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it was John's birthday and yeah, I had like a little bit of cake and stuff and you know, whatever at the end of the night. But the point is in the very beginning of the day, I'm very protective of my energy, my body, my stress, all that stuff. And that is something that if, if you could literally sit in front of me and say, what do I do? I just feel like I can't crawl out of this. You've got to make a move that is building evidence for your energy and your brain and your body to start crawling out of this mess. And that all starts with what we feed our body, where our sleep, our stress, our nutrition, and our, you know, moderate balanced movement is. Yes. And so, you know, let's just take it back to what we're talking about here, which is mental health and marriage. It all literally goes hand in hand. Nice recap there. That sounded like we were like pros. We are 64 episodes. <laughs> that's interest. true. 64 is we pretty are good. professional podcasters. Yes, professional. But you just threw me off my point. So, so um, just to tie it all in, though, to tie it all in, it's it's literally our podcast, whole premise of our podcast in one that grow yourself, grow your marriage. When you're not doing well, because you are suffering from depressive type state right now, yes. you are not showing up as your best self, no. which is poorly affecting 
our marriage, which is then yes. poorly affecting our kids. So you're not yes. growing yourself right now, which is not growing our marriage. Same with me. When I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm not feeding myself well, when I'm not focusing on my sleep, which I know, I know, mom, if you're listening to me, young moms, moms with young kids, this stage is so hard. Like it's laughable to say, focus on your sleep. I get that because I have four kids and I have a two month old, but you have you to do what you can. Do what you, can. Yes. you have to do what you can. The other night, Chris was like, okay, we're, we're back at it. We're going to bed at like what? Nine or nine 30 or and I was, and I didn't feel tired. I get a second wind in the evening, and this is a hormonal thing. Chris mm-hmm. is like wanting to talk about right now. My adrenals are fatigued because I drink too much caffeine, like most of us mothers do. Yes. And I'm working. I'm gonna work on that. But you can still buy me a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com/slash/gygym. <laughs> oh, nice How smooth have we been with that lately? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, smooth because we're professionals. Professionals. But anyways. I get that. So like I get that. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I got a second wind. I get a second wind a lot of times at night. And I was like, no, screw that. Like, again, a little bit of pride. I'm like, I want to, I want to watch this new show we started watching. Um, and I didn't, or I wanted to scroll TikTok because I'm, I've got kids on me all day. I'm doing whatever my family needs for me all day. And all of us moms, I know you're nodding your head right now. Like nighttime is your chance to just, uh, Mm-hmm. Get some mindless, either you clean or you do something mindless, like scroll your social feed or TikTok or watch Netflix and drink wine because I get it because it's finally a time for you to detach and give yourself a little break. And I'm not saying that that is inherently bad and you shouldn't do that occasionally, but I went to bed even though I wanted to scroll the other night and I actually got a really decent night's sleep. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because here's the thing. No one is forcing that routine on you. What this is, is basically like, well, you've collected the data now with wine and Netflix before bed and scrolling social. And then you've collected the data of respecting your sleep and waking up and having more energy for the day and being able to get up and play on offense instead of defense in the morning, which is better. Mm. Right? Right. And so anybody who's listening right now, who, if your brain's like, but I love Diet Coke, I'm not giving that up. And if your brain's like, but I love scrolling social media at night. That's my time. That's this. That's that. That's that. Look, if you're feeling amazing, if everything's going great for you right now and you have no issues at all, knock yourself out. Go for it. Right? Maybe not with the wine, but go for it. Right? Do you like that little dad joke? No. There? No? Yeah, okay. I didn't get it. I just like knock yourself out maybe with the wine. Oh, okay. like knock out. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I okay. <laughs> anyway, so, so, but... If you are feeling like, no, I am lacking in specific areas and I really feel like, you know, this is affecting me and it's affecting my marriage. It affects the way I'm parenting, the way I'm showing up at work, if all these things. you're irritable and you're impatient yes, and you're groggy. All of those things, then just, just, just give it a try. Give, yeah. give, give what we're saying a try because I can tell you with full confidence, this is what our body craves. Our body doesn't care how much we like Netflix. Our body doesn't care how much we like to, you know, just live off of caffeine till six. 7 8 p.m. at night, right? Our body does you not Josh out? care. Oh, I kind of was, yeah. I actually thought of Josh there, but hey, Josh, <laughs> so I don't sorry, drink buddy. coffee that um, late unless our friends are over. I know. Well, some people say it doesn't affect me anymore. Like, That's oh, my problem. grandma, my grandma <laughs> literally will sit on her porch with us and drink coffee at like 10 p.m. Like, yeah, You're and that's nuts. a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, anyway. But that's for another day. The whole point is, right. We're coming to you in the trenches of like, hey, we have a podcast called Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage, which stuff. 
fill your cup first and do things that challenge you and grow you and all those different things. Uh, and hey, guess what? We've failed a little bit lately. So we're coming at you saying like, look, things aren't going to be perfect, but I can absolutely guarantee if you switch some things up, if you change your strategy, which is you know, the insanity cycle of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, even though it lives in our comfort zone, which I packed a lot in there. Okay. If you change your strategy to something that your body craves of getting outside in nature, you know, like watching, watching your intake of some of the foods that are overstimulating you, overstimulation of social media, um, you know, not respecting your sleep, which is the most restorative thing that our bodies can do for our minds, our mental health, our everything. Telling you, that stuff is powerful. Shoot, I would say social media alone. If you cut out the scrolling, I bet you you're going to feel a ton, a ton better because every time I have let myself, because, you know, like I'll be feeding the baby and I'll just use that as my downtime to scroll or something. There's so much hate and divisiveness on there. And there is. Like I come to you all the time. I'm like, why am I letting this upset me so much? Um, Yes, you are super attached to that stuff. But you also have to realize it's designed for that. I know. A lot of people have seen Social Dilemma on Netflix, and you see how it's actually like cognitively impairing us yeah. uh, and impacting us in a very negative way. So something I've done, um, I'm, a, I'm a toolbox of myself, apparently don't let other people do it lately, which I got to get better at. But what I've been doing lately is so... First, I was like, all right, look, I'm taking Facebook off my phone because scrolling that newsfeed, like they've got me addicted, guys. They've got everything I need right there. And so I can lose 20, 30, 40 minutes, even an hour, right? And so I deleted Facebook off my phone and I just had it on my computer and I downloaded a plugin called Newsfeed Eradicator. And basically every time I got on Facebook, I would see a quote instead of the newsfeed. And some people would be like, well, what's the point of having Facebook? Well, for me, you know, if I'm on Facebook, I'd like to use it to impact other people. I'd, I'd like to share things that are going to bring value. There's not a whole lot of value I'm getting from my newsfeed um, right now because it's just sucking me into living vicariously through sports teams or or drama. politics and drama and all the novel things that get my brain. And so I'm that's how I'm controlling it at least. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I stay on is to stay connected with people and share our craziness. But I've been falling into topics and theories and things that interest me. Yeah, it's so hard. Impossible. I mean, I do learn from social media too. Like, there's some accounts that I follow specifically to learn certain things. But, anyways, neither here nor there. You can still control your feed, maybe by unfollowing accounts that um, don't inspire you. That don't inspire you, or that cause you to be frustrated. Even friends. I mean. Believe it or not, I have friends that I still consider friends that have different views than me. (gasps) I know. That's such a novel thing here in 2020 (laughs) that you could still like and respect somebody who doesn't think the exact same as you. But um, you can unfollow their feeds if they're posting things that rile you up or frustrate you or, or make you question like... I don't know, not question that because I just said that you still, you know what I mean? Like, right. obviously it's an election season and then all the other stuff going on. It's just, it's just nonsense. So it's wild. You can, you, there's a helpful tip is edit your feed so that if you are scrolling, you're not intaking a bunch of BS. Edit your feed. 
Or eradicate it altogether. Or eradicate it so <laughs> you, you just may. get inspirational quotes on the daily. What no, was your quote today? We're all different. I, they pop up. I mean, every time I log on, there's something different. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's good. I think that it's important to just know that the reason we're talking about this is, one, not enough people, not enough men talk about mental health and not enough people understand that there's so much more that goes into it than just deeming somebody crazy. Oh, that person just struggles with mental health. It's like, well, why do they struggle with mental health? There's things that were the mainstream culture is not telling you cause it that mm-hmm. is causing mental health issues. I was like just a few years ago old when I learned that stress had physical effects on your body and in your brain and stuff. Right. So like not that's not just out there. That's not just common knowledge. Um so no, it's not which is crazy to me. I think something that is um I think something that's very overlooked and I I've put up a couple of videos on Facebook about it, but I'll go a little deeper with it here. So our body when we are depressed or numb or feeling like we're just not able to stimulate our reward center in our brain, we turn to we we turn to food, right? We turn to we turn to anything like social media, newness, novel, whatever. We turn to anything to give us that hit, right? A stimulant of some sort. Exactly. Some type of stimulant. There's coffee, there's food, there's, there's, there's sex. There's all of these different things that we turn to and our brain turn to. Well, not we necessarily. Just people. People in general. Okay. So here's the interesting part is, again, when, when we look, okay, wait, wait, where is all this coming from? It's coming from like it's coming from our reward center in our brain. So something that's really interesting that I've been interested in trying lately that I'll, I'll mention here is almost like a dopamine fast, which is crazy. But the idea here is, is to actually force ourselves to step away from TV, social media. And this is really extreme by the way, but TV, social media, fast all day like don't don't eat food just drink water do anything you can like to 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 just step away from all the things that are overstimulating you to almost like hit the reset button uh and that can be really really powerful for people i've seen some research and it's something i i want to try but the, the reason i bring that up is because we can make those little choices when we're feeling the way we're feeling like i'm feeling right now so just Stepping away from social media and creating those boundaries, right? Uh, creating boundaries around food and making sure I'm not having it in the house. Because for me, I'm a little bit of a foodie when it comes to like a stress eater. I am a stress eater. And even though I'm, I'm a fit guy, skinny guy, whatever, people be like, no way, right? Yeah, I, I'm a stress eater. I can't just eat one donut. I got to eat like 12. <laughs> uh, it's absurd. But anyway, I just think there's a lot of ways to say, okay, what am I overdoing right now? And understand that absolutely is contributing to how our brain is interacting to um, the issues with mental health. Hopefully, was that too nerdy? No. Okay, good. No. Basically, what you're saying is reset your dopamine sensors. Yes. Which would be very hard for like a mother to do. I can't imagine being able to escape for a whole day and not doing anything. (laughs) But No, I know. Uh, But But it makes sense because we're so overstimulated. Logically speaking, if there are 10 things that are flooding me all day long, flooding my reward center. And I'm, and I'm getting really used to, you know, it's like social media reason we're scrolling our social feed is like the next thing, the next thing, the next Mm -hmm. thing, the next thing, you know, when you put up a status or, and they talk about this on the social dilemma, 
when you see the notifications and stuff, like you get a dopamine hit. It doesn't matter who you are. You get a dopamine hit when people comment on your stuff, when they interact, all that stuff, right? And so just to step away from anything that's overstimulating us um, just a little bit at a time is going to make a difference. You know, it's kind of like that boiling pot analogy where you talk about, so it's we talk about it in like food sense, but if you talk about it in a stimulant sense like our pots we're pots of water and we're boiling over because we're so overstimulated all day especially us parents of young kids that just adds a whole other layer of being overstimulated and then with each one each thing each social media each donut each glass of wine each Mm -hmm. coffee whatever your thing is you're boiling your pot over but if we can just turn the flame off for a minute by doing your dopamine reset by just turning all the stimulants or most of the stimulants off for a minute then when you start to add one in you're not going to boil over it's just you know just heats it up a little bit yeah that's just how our body works i mean we look at we look at food addiction and stuff like that nobody eats five thousand calories because they're hungry right it's because we're replacing it with something else we are trying to find the next like oh give me something give me comfort in some way last night Last night I had eaten good all day long, but at the end of the day, I started letting my mind get, get control of me and just like beating me down and feeling some type of way. And the kids ate a little bit of your cake and I wasn't going to eat any. And I'm just like, oh, what the heck? I'm not just, ah. and, I, and I ate a piece. And for me, like I knew that was a bad idea because I was just like, oh, I don't need this right now. But all I was looking for was something. The kids were nuts. You know, it was just, it was just kind of a frustrating evening. Um, and yeah, I, that's the only reason I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hungry. Right. right. Um, so I guess the whole point is like when it comes to mental health, we have to realize what is happening chemically in our brain, in our bodies, all those things. And a lot of our mental health issues come from overstimulation in some form or another, whether it's negative stress, positive stress, anything. I think that I want to add is something I want to add is that you could, you can be doing all the right things and still have struggles with mental health. So it's not always something you are doing to yourself, for instance, with trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, we've talked about my trauma before and that I have postpartum depression. Um, I have every time I feel like I probably have it again in some fashion and I'm not doing everything I could be right now, but I'm saying I, I want to make it clear that it's not, nobody's saying it's your fault. If you have mental health issues, we're saying there's ways that you can help it though. And that, that it's the media's fault. And I see where you're going. Like this could happen regardless. I'm going to completely disagree with you though. Hmm. Our body is brilliant. If we feed it bad things, if we're overstimulated, if we if we don't get a hold of our emotions, all of those things, yes, trauma happens and things like that. And that would be a different case. I'm telling you, you've had some different bouts since having Ledger, which you're feeling a little bit like depressed and kind of letting me know, yeah, I'm not feeling good. Some things are happening, blah, blah, blah. The truth is we were like all gung-ho. Okay, we're going to make sure this doesn't happen to you, right? And then we just got smacked in the face with the fourth baby and stress and all these things. We got overwhelmed. We didn't do what we were supposed to, right? We didn't get you on the routine. We promised we would get you on. We even promised on the podcast. Again, yeah, hypocritical a little bit, right? Well, but it's it is just, what it is. Okay? It's easy to say it before you're yeah. in it. It's easy to you say, be, I'm going to be proactive this time because yes. I know what to expect. You'd be in a much better place. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. You'd be in a much better place mentally 
I would be in a much better place mentally. I don't think we'd have financial worries we had if I would have continued with a very similar strong routine that I had when I was running a successful business and modeling that, right? I don't think we would have the woes that we have had if we were doing the things we needed to do physically which was producing the right energy for our bodies, everything. I think I think it would impact so many things in our lives. I, I agree. But my point is, even if I was eating all the right things and getting all the sleep and taking care of myself completely and praying like I'm praying and all the things, that still doesn't take away that I have gone through trauma that has caused right. depressive bouts and caused yes. things. So I'm just saying people don't always create their mental health issues. They may exacerbate, exa- I can never say that exacerbate. word. Exacerbate. Exacerbate no, them good point. by what they're fueling their minds and their bodies with. That's a good But point. I'm saying, I don't want anybody to hear this and say, and think we're saying, you just will yourself out of it. Like if you would just no. eat better and you would just clean up your act and whatever, then you're, you'll get rid of your depression. No, that's a really good point. I want to be very clear. If you're on medications for depression and it's something that is helping you, All I'm saying is like, hmm, why do the medications work? It's because of the serotonin and and the the specific chemicals that are that are involved with you know your happy hormones, happy chemicals, all those things, right? How else can we hack those before pills were even alive or invented, right? And then we talk about if you are on those things, there's absolutely positively no way that you could say, hey doc, I'm gonna keep taking these pills, but I'm gonna make sure I'm have ultra respect for my sleep. I'm going to focus on you know, stress, de-stress techniques, de-stressing physically, digestively, emotionally, you know, talking to somebody. I'm going to get the proper movement and I'm going to get out in the sun. I am, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to, to feed my gut the right foods because I know a lot of my my happy hormones, are 90% are produced in my gut, fun fact, right? I'm going to do all that stuff guaranteed that will make a massive difference in addition to what you're doing yes like there's there's no way there's no right there's so that that's my point of course and that's what i'm saying like we can all always do better like nobody's ever doing all the things perfect i just want to be abundantly clear you can still have mental health issues that are not as not a result of what you are are not doing but these things 100% will help. And and my whole point here in this whole mental health and marriage thing is if you want to grow yourself and grow your marriage, you have to be willing to address these things and be willing to together. do it together yes. and be willing to understand male and female. Like this is something that regardless of how you got to that point, that has to be taken care of and, and taken care of with empathy and sensitivity and grace from each spouse, because I know because of how a lot of people are conditioned I we personally know people who have said, well, Oh, she's, she's got postpartum depression. She's just crazy. Like she's just right. this, she's just that. And they don't treat them with grace. They treat them right. as crazy. You know what I'm saying? And right. obviously that affects a marriage negatively. Absolutely. Uh, yes. The huge, point to make here. And I guess I wish we would have talked more on how mental health impacts marriage. I think we went into other stuff, but oh well, hopefully it was helpful. You're right. It is it is vulnerability with your spouse. It is talking about this stuff. It's being open. I mean, guys, truthfully, we, we talked about the postpartum issue, right? 
we, me and Jonna have not done what we thought we would do. And it sucks to say that, but it's like we've done it in bouts, but we've not been yes, able to do it not well, like consistently. Just a lot got in the way, right? Which no excuse didn't happen. Okay. And there have been, you know, times in the last couple of weeks where she's just been like, Hey, not, not feeling so hot. And that's so important for me to know because otherwise, for example, I wouldn't know if I decided I wanted to, you know, just get my life together. Like, Oh, I've got to go do this and that and that and the other, I'm going to go work at, you know, Starbucks six days a week, you know, for 10 hours a day. Cause we got to really get the business rolling, whatever. Right. And she'd have that conversation with me. Yeah. I can go to Starbucks and go work 10 hours a day and all that stuff. But at what expense? You know what I mean? So the communication level of like getting a pulse on where we are collectively. And I'm not going to lie. There's maybe some of you who who have husbands who are maybe dealing with something similar to what I'm dealing with right now. But you may look at some signs like, hey, is the alcohol up? Is the sports watching up? Um, like what are they doing to, you know, are they, are they edgy right now? Are you feeling disconnected? Like, you know, it's not a bad thing to have this conversation. Like I said, no one's above it. Yeah, none of this. There should be no shame on either side. There should be no shame in in realizing like maybe you're listening and you're like, crap, I didn't, you know, I don't feel great. And I didn't realize that food could affect my actual brain makeup and make me feel this way. Like I, yeah. there's no shame in that. Like it's not your fault because it's definitely not just common knowledge that's out there that right. obviously because again studies and information can be manipulated by companies who have a lot of money so or hidden <laughs> or hidden yeah right. it's yeah it's start looking on duck duck go not google <laughs> i'm serious it's true sorry i shouldn't say that um google come for me google's gonna come after you no but anyways i just i just want to make that abundantly clear like we are not saying that it's all your fault if you're struggling with mental health, but we are saying there's things that you can do to absolutely combat it, even without a pill. Uh, personally, for me, antidepressants, they don't get to the root of things. They just they just patch, mm -hmm. which most pills, actually mm -hmm. all pharmaceuticals do, I guess. They most just patch what's going on. It's not fixing the root brain. of the problem. Yeah. Zoloft didn't fix my depression. Zoloft masked all of my emotions. It couldn't pick which emotion. Exactly. So I just was numb completely. Like, you yeah. know, take, take, uh, take ibuprofen Tylenol, for example. Right. It's like when we, when we give our kids those things and we've done it right. When we give our kids those things, it's like, it's not taking the pain away. It's actually just going to the brain and blocking the pain. The problem's still there. Right. Right. And so, yes, most pharmaceuticals are in that category. And look, I'm not a doctor. John is not a doctor. This is not something that we're going to say, like, get off your pharmaceutical, anything like that. No, no. I'm saying it's for me that. personally. Yeah. It, and, but, well, for everybody, though, it's not curing your depression. It's no, masking no your emotions. No chance. It can't cure it. So what we're saying are the food and these different things, they can get to the root of the problem. I had a bunch of intolerances that I didn't know that affect my surprise serotonin and dopamine when I eat them. Mm -hmm. So um, that's getting to the root, taking certain things out of my diet, get to the root of what is helping aid in my depression. Now I have trauma and I have postpartum and I, then I've got food allergies jerk husband. and then my husband gets in a mood and we got the stress of 2020 and the stress of four kids. And it's just a big cocktail recipe for yes. disaster. So Take care of what you can take care of. You can't control. Oh, this is perfect. Stephen Furtick, um, pastor at Elevation Church, said he had a post on Instagram today talking about really all you can control is your focus. He's like, you can't. He's like, if you if you 
well, he didn't say this, but he said, no, he said, you can't make it sunny. Like you can't mm-hmm. make it sunny. If, if sunny is what makes you feel good and that's the only time you feel good. Well, you can't make it sunny. What are you focusing on? You know, you right. can't make people on social media nicer. What are you focusing on? Yeah. Yeah. So to be super clear, it's like, okay, cool. The things that we absolutely positively have control of at least one of the four sleep, stress, nutrition, and movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and movement. This information is available. This information is, is powerful. Yes. And it's not a recurring drug or anything. It's just what the body's craved for forever. Right. Right. And again, this is how I'm pulling myself out of the way I'm feeling in addition to throwing my hands up to God and being like, God, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm just going to surrender everything to you. Prayer, sleep. Prayer, sleep, nutrition, movement. You know, and the thing is, what do you have to lose? (laughs) Like in doing those things, do you know what I mean? Like you're just going to feel, you're going to feel better. Well, whether, whether it fixes all your problems or not, like your isn't better, better. Yes. Yes. And hopefully logically that meets people where they're at. But then I think there's the other set of people who are in a complacent state where it's sometimes it feels better to talk about how we're feeling, but then not really want the solution. Sure. Kind of like what I was talking about. Like, I'll say like you yeah. did the other day. Like exactly. I you was, talked about it. I, I tried to give you solutions and solution. you were a jerk about it. Right. I mean, I was just quiet and no. reserved, acting like I was going to do what she said, but I wasn't, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, just stuff like that. I love when the truth comes out Everybody's right here in, everybody. I know. Everybody's in a different season. Uh, but, yes, regardless, to be exponentially clear, let's add a sixth piece of this, right? There's, there's the relational support of your spouse. There's sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, and prayer. Yep. I like it. I like it too. I'm going to make it the six steps now instead of the four that I teach people. There I just changed my program right now. There you go. So if you need a coach who gets it, holler right. at your boy. Oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. Nice plug. I He's like bad it. at plugging himself. You can see I'm the one that's oh, plugging. I'm, I'm like, buy me a coffee. Myself. Coach with my husband. I got this. I'm going to I'm gonna promote us. <laughs> but for real, yeah. no. Chris really does have a coaching program where he can help you work through these things. And I do think it's special to know that he clearly is a product of what he teaches because he's been through it. So well, like he I, can empathize with I'm you. I'm obviously seeing not doing what I teach and how that has drastically, you know, changed my world. So right. it's a lot guys. There's a lot happening in the world, but yes. So, Hey, thanks for hanging out with us for the last hour five. Hour five. Yeah, we rambled, didn't we? It's fine. Hopefully, people like it. It's all it. fine. We hope you enjoy. Let's see. As usual, if it did bring you some value, uh, if you know somebody who needs to just hear that they're not alone in their struggle with their mental health, especially in the yes. crazy times that we are in, please go ahead and share yes. this. Let me message. add on to that super quick. We're not going to go too much longer because we're at a minute six okay, here. Hurry, so maybe, maybe 60 seconds, right? Oh, no, the kids are coming too. <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> Pressure's on. Okay, so guys, we have literally been talking lately, just full transparency. We want to grow our show. Um, we were in complete and utter, like, you know, okay, let's let's find our voice and serve people and in serve mode. And we've been in serve mode and we're going to continue to be in serve mode. But the one constant in our lives through all the stress, through all the struggle, through all the everything is, well, it's our podcast. And we have loved doing it, even though it's been hard. It feels right every time we get on the mic. Uh, and hopefully it's still helping people and we still get messages from people in different states and we're in 22 countries now and life's been crazy but you know what 
please, um, I would ask on this particular episode, if you are listening, do us a favor, take 10 seconds and share the show. Uh, because we, uh, we feel like it's something that is, uh, you know, spirit led and it's something that keeps helping people when they get in front of it. And so we're happy about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, if you don't mind, I know you hear it all the time, share the podcast. Yeah. I don't feel like it. If you don't mind, just hop off, share the show for us. And that'll be my last, uh, my last request. And plug. My last request. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much guys. Have a good